Hey, welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I am your host, Max Mosier. Grateful you're here wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. I'm here with two other Infinity Bros today to talk Moon Knight, the new Disney Plus show on Disney Plus. That was redundant. Doesn't matter. Let's give it up for Infinity Bro. Jared, Jared, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, I... Would have never in a million years dreamed that we'd be doing a podcast episode talking about Moon Knight, but here we are. We made it, Max. With Oscar Isaac. Not just a Moon Knight show, but a Moon Knight show with Oscar Isaac. And then the other Infinity Bro, a dear friend of the show, and also an Infinity Bro himself. It's Infinity Bro Zane. Zane, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be here. Zane, how you been lately? I'm doing great, you know, just... Living, living the dream, playing Fortnite, which I never thought I'd get back into, but here we are. You know, no build mode, all about it. No build mode, Wales. We we won, got a dub today before we, we came did. on. Big big time, twenty one kills. It was awesome. I don't know how I feel about the rocket launcher, but that's suspect. <laughs> Real quick before we get into this, we did not talk about this on our latest episode, which premiered Wednesday, and I think we need to address it just in a very slight matter. Uh, Zine, are you pro Chris Rock or pro Will Smith? Uh, I'm pro Chris Rock. Comedians got to be able to make jokes without without being assaulted. <laughs> fair, fair, Jared. <laughs> I think they're both wrong here, but if I had to lean towards one, Chris Rock probably more than Will Smith. Okay, well, hopefully that's not the only hot take we hear today on this podcast. We're going to talk about Moon Knight, the new Disney Plus show we talked about, and it stars Oscar Isaac and is created by Doug Doug Munch. Is it Doug Munch? Is the guy who who wrote this yes. originally? Yes. Jared's going to be the well actually guy on this podcast. If um, you don't know, actually, his name is pronounced Minch. Yeah, thank you. Is it really Minch? Are <laughs> no, you for real? I don't think so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so. If you've never listened to this before, I'm biblically bad at pronouncing names. So we, we try our best to not let me pronounce it. But Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, and May Calamoe are in this show, as, as, as well as others. I'm I Not many of these people showed up in this episode, but we're going to find out more about them as we go. Uh, but before we get into anything about Moon Knight, we're going to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things on this show. So I'm going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity step. And additionally, we are going to spoil the entire first episode of Moon Knight. So if you are somebody that doesn't care about spoilers or you have yet to watch this episode, I'm going to encourage you to pause Come back later and check the rest of this review out. So this is your final spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Ah! Warning. The synopsis reads, A former U.S. Marine struggling with dissociative identity disorder is granted the powers of an Egyptian moon god. But he soon finds out that these newfound powers can be both a blessing and a curse. A curse to his troubled life. Obviously, we talked about it at the front, but Oscar Isaac does play Mark Spector as well as what appears to be several others. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow. I think that's pretty much all we need to talk about right now. But first, before we dive into our full spoilers, we're going to give a brief spoiler or not, I guess, however you want to do it, a review of the first episode rating it. Jared, I'm going to start with you. You're the biggest Moon Knight fan I know. I've been dying to hear your thoughts on it. We've been refusing to talk for the last 48 hours. Tell me your 
review and rating of episode one of Moon Knight. Okay, so this is a clear six out of six for me. And I've had a lot of people ask me about this and say, like, how can you give this a six out of six? It is wildly different from the comic books. I will say this. When they choose to deviate from any comic run, change characters, it's very hit or miss, right? Oscar Isaac doing the stuff that he does, uh, Ethan Hawke acting the way that he does, all of this adds up to something that's wholly enjoyable separate from the comic books. I love this just as much, if not more so, than a lot of the Moon Knight runs I've read, and I think this is a fantastic way to start the series. It was a hair slow, but I think you have to build up into and earn the beats that'll come after this. Um, I loved every second of it. Is it concerning to you, Jared, before we get to Zane, that this was written by the same guy that wrote a fan-fortastic, which is the lowest rating we give anything on our show, um, but also he wrote the first season of Umbrella Academy, or I'm sorry, second season, excuse me. Did that concern you coming into this? To some degree, yes, but then I think... Umbrella Academy did things that were interesting, even in the second season. Now, obviously, how we felt about the second season was hit or miss for everybody. But I think specifically the way that he handled um, Klaus was incredible. And I think if they can take that same energy of like him being that weird cult leader and all this and translate that into the psychological thriller of Moon Knight, uh, I think we have success on our hands. Fan fantastic. Everybody has a bad one. You definitely picked up the bridge I was trying to build there. With yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> that's, that's amazing how you picked that up. Uh, Zane, you also are a big Moon Knight fan and also a big comic book reader. What did you think of the first episode of Moon Knight? I really, really enjoyed it. Like I, Again, it was one that I had high ant- anticipations coming into this because, I mean, I'm not would never put myself to the levels of <laughs> Jarrett's fandom on Moon Knight, but I definitely is a character I enjoy. Um and even still coming into this with Oscar Isaac, phenomenal actor. And I was like, I want to see what he can do. And especially with your coming um, with everything with the, the dissociative identity disorder, like how is he going to portray different characters with one person acting? And that's what kind of, I just wanted to see on the first episode, how they're going to do this. And I love how they did it. Like it wasn't too, like you had the, the overall voice, of country, then they're like, oh my goodness, the idiot's back in control. And you're like, and he's has no idea what's going on. And then it does like the brief, like I started picking up on a lot of how many shots like use reflections on stuff and like how they interpret that of the different personalities. And it, even if it's not necessarily the reflection doing something different, but how often it, they kind of played on that showing that there's a, there's different perspective on all this. So like Jared as well, I have to go six out of six. The action was great. They did a little bit, you know, setting stuff up. And like, if, yeah, if you know nothing about Moon Knight, it seems confusing. And like, oh my goodness, why does he just like stops? And then we don't see any of the action of what's going on. And it's like, well, he's dissociating, going to a different character. And like the Steven character is like completely separate. It's as if they've been trying to keep the Moon Knight, Mark Spector, everything else. Like, hey, we just won't fill this guy in on what's going on. But it's a cool setup. I really liked um, Ethan Hawke. I think he's going to be a fantastic villain. Just the way the, the setup on stuff, everything, how they're bringing in Amit, like, and even just this whole concept of like, Hey, we're going to do the judgment thing. Like I think he, those two pair very well. Um, and when you have two actors who can really get into that role and deliver that, like I think we're in for something special. 
All right, six out of six for Zine as well. I'm also going to give this a six out of six. So for this episode, I believe we're going to call this an infinity snap. We obviously don't have the other bros here, but we're going to call it that. So congrats to that for uh, for Moon Knight. That very rarely happens on this show, it feels like, these days. I'm going to give this a six for a couple reasons. I actually do have a couple qualms, but they're not enough for me to like pull the, the rating of a six. I think the CGI in this is really poor to start. I'm a little concerned about that long term, especially when you have to do things like Conchu. Like, is, am I saying that correct, Jared? Conchu? Yeah. Okay, so like with Kanchu, I don't want he looks great, but I'm concerned with scenes like the driving scene on the um, winding road in um, in the Alps. That that concerns me a little bit down the line. Um, did they rush production here? I am too concerned, Jarrett, about Slater writing this. I I did not like the way Umbrella Academy season two went. You discussed that earlier, and and so I felt that was that was a good thing to note. The other thing that is concerning to me is that Oscar Isaac hasn't signed up for a long-term right. contract. So for those that don't know, I'll put a link in the show notes on this, but he has not committed past six episodes. The way he's talking, and you'll see the direct quote from it, is he's saying, you know, I want to see how people react to it before I keep going. And obviously we know with how Star Wars went and how that newest trilogy went, I think that was very scathing for him. We obviously saw what happened to Tran and we saw what happened to just Daisy Ridley and all these different actors. I think he was nervous about that. That makes me nervous, but so far through one episode, I don't know how he's not going to come back. I also, one thing I love that I think a lot of people might not like is that it's not connected so far to the MCU very much. So for example, the scene where where he is speaking with Ethan Hawke's villain in the museum, he references Hitler, but he doesn't bring up Thanos or doesn't bring up all these other big things that have happened. That was fascinating to me. I thought that was a really cool choice by them to kind of separate it. And they're really kind of taking these extra steps, I think, to say, no, we're going to build this character up first, then start introing the rest of this stuff. Six out of six, though, from Oscar Isaac. He's tremendous. I understand now why people were saying he might be the next RDJ for the for the MCU. I don't see it that way, but I understand why people are making that connection now. This is, I said this yesterday, uh, we, we Twitch and stream and do TikToks on our channel as well. You can check us out there. I was tr- streaming yesterday and one thing I said in my spoiler review of it for those that were checking it out was, this is how Venom should have done their voiceover work. Mm, I felt like the raspy Venom voice was really kind of, it took my, me away from the character in the first movie and it didn't bring me back for the second one. So I think this is how you do it in regards to Khonshu. I think... I love that they dove right in, Jarrett. And I'm going to give you guys more time to talk. I just want to share my review here and finish it up here. Ethan Hawke was introduced right out the gate. We haven't seen a Marvel show do this yet. That Chef's kiss. Love it. That's been my biggest gripe with all these MCU shows is they wait till the end to kind of reveal them or give them kind of a subplot towards the end. I like that they're diving right in. I like that he's following him back to his house. And I like that there's mystery not just around the Mark Spector and the Stevie characters, but also in regards to this character that uh, that that's being played by Ethan Hawke, Arthur, Arthur Harrow. So I'm excited to see where this goes. This is a great. And here's the other litmus test that works for me is I watched with my wife. She knows nothing about Moon Knight. She was hooked. She thought this was great. She thought it was very well done. And she walked away wanting to know more. That says to me that the general audience is really going to appreciate and affirm this storytelling arc. And I have no idea where this is going. I mean, I have not read as many Moon Knight comics as you guys do. So I'm excited to hear your guys' perspective. But um, Jared, tell me, you talked about some of these 
disconnects that the show is doing from the comics. Can you tell our audience for those that haven't read it? And honestly, that's a lot of people, Jared. I think a lot of people haven't read Moon Knight. Yeah. Tell me those disconnects and tell me why you like the decisions they're making versus what are done in the comics. So Moon Knight is <laughs> a complicated character. Um, and he's one of those that like, in the same way that I, I don't know if this is the right comparison, but like you get somebody like Captain America or Batman and there are core tenets that are true about them and they don't really waver except for minor differences from writer to writer. Right. Moon Knight feels so different each time everybody picks him up. And so like, there is no canon, like this is exactly how Moon Knight behaves. He's always slightly different. Uh, I think Jed McKay is starting to iron some of that out, but one of the things that holds true about Moon Knight and his different facets of his personalities is Stephen Grant is this insanely rich, very like full of himself, uh, almost like a Bruce Wayne type, right? Like this is a man of the town. The ladies love him. He's got the nice hair, fast cars. He's a playboy. And obviously the Stephen or Steve, Stevie Grant, you know, whatever they call him in the show is not that at all, right? And I love that so much more. Um, it, he it gives Oscar Isaac, and and I've been saying this forever. Oscar Isaac is a phenomenal actor. I think he was used and abused by uh, Fox when he did uh, Apocalypse. He was used and abused by Disney, and obviously, people have been seeing more and more of his stuff and and coming to realize the fact that he is this phenomenal actor. But the fact that he can knowingly convince me of this just like mess of a human being that is Stevie and then turn around and the, the little bit that we get of Mark Spector in this, it feels like a different character completely. And he doesn't change much. It's not overt. It's not in your face. It is like, it's the right balance. And I, I, I think they do that so well. The other thing is Ethan Hawke's character in the comics has nothing to do with what's going on in this team. That was my next now. question. He's he's a scientist. He's not even a cult leader, and he's got the deformed face, you know, where the mouth kind of rises up a little bit, kind of uh, like Two-Face almost. And that was a huge zig to a zag. Talk about that. I, I think it's important to realize here that they've done this before with to limited success, like the Mandarin and Whiplash and some of these other characters. And I think the fact that Ethan Hawke is doing this is obviously like – He's going to do it well, um, but I'm glad that they kind of mix it up because I, as a comic book fan, I have a theory of who this is, but I don't know for sure because they're using the Harrow as his character and maybe it's Emmett or Amut, maybe it's Sun King, maybe it's all this other stuff. And I think that's a good way to like flip people on their heads so they can't just go Google who this person is and spoil it for themselves, right? Like I've read every Moon Knight comic that's ever been printed, like for a fact, I've read every single one. I have no idea who he's playing. I have a big list of my top three, but I I did not expect to be surprised by this series that I am. And I think that's do cool you think do you fan. think Amit is not and I want to dive into this a little bit because I want to I want to and I think that's a huge piece of this puzzle is how do you theorize for a show like this, Jerry? You could really help some of our audience here. Yeah. Do you think Ahmed is just dead altogether? Like with kind of what you're talking about? If if he is one of these other Egyptian gods, like you're saying. Is Amit just dead or completely out of the picture? Because we know in the newest arcs, I, mean, I guess I know a little bit about the comics. Sure. In some of the newer arcs, Amit is a big piece of the puzzle in some of them. Depends on what you're reading and, and what's happening also with Khonshu as well. But do you think that Amit is just a zig as well? Like it's, it's a misdirect as a character and this is the second god that 
that um Arthur is referencing and that that's who he is. You talk about the Sun King, Sun God, excuse me. Like, where are you sitting on that today in regards to who do you think this could be? Here's my theory, and it might be wild speculation. I think the love interest that they're introducing is Ahmet. Um, I think in the same way that if you guys get to read one or two Moon Knight comics, read Jed McKay's and read uh, 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 Lemire or Lemire. I never know how to pronounce his name. Um, in that his therapist is, her name is Dr. Emmett. Uh, she's an Irish therapist. And he comes to discover that she has, and and this is what they do so well with Moon Knight, is you never know if this is actually what he's seeing or if it's all his psychosis and none of this is real. We're going to talk about that in a minute because I got my own personal theories on that. But we're going to talk about that in a minute. Keep going. So I think with the way that they're playing this out, I think I think the gods are real in the same way that Kanchu is. 100%. I'm with you there. Yeah. I think Amu is somewhere out there manipulating all this, but I think there's a third player. I think Ra is also involved and we're getting some version of the Sun King in this. And I, I want to believe that's Ethan Hawke's character, but I don't know that for sure. I think it would be interesting if it was him. But this is wild speculation. And that's the thing that I love about this is I'm the biggest Moon Knight fan I've ever met in my entire life. I don't know where they're going with this. Zane, let's get to you real quick. All right, so let's, you talked about the reflections and, and just how this is filmed. I mean, this has got to be some of the best cinema, I mean, since dating back to at least in terms of cinematography, WandaVision. Like – how it is filmed, this this appears to look the best so far. What are your thoughts in regards to this show? How do you feel about the idea that we're going to trailblaze across different countries, atmospheres? We're, obviously, we're going to head to Egypt eventually. How did you feel in terms of cinematography in this? I thought they did a really good job of showcasing different sets, different settings, but also the characters in those specific settings. Like, obviously you have you know the difference jumps between stevie and mark but like the fact that you have these jumps and then he wakes up but like it, it still feels like you've progressed forward in time i mean obviously yeah he wakes up and he's in front of that castle but how many times it jumps out during that car chase but it feels like that car chase continued even though you didn't see it like you're still having these jumps and it's like it you're still going through the process of stuff and I think it takes something special to, to keep up, even if you don't necessarily fully understand what's going on, but just to keep the imagery there um, that follows through those jumps. But even still, even the different set pieces, like I said, we have from wherever that castle was there to the Egyptian museum, to his apartment, like just the way you have all these different settings and how the characters like approach and interact in these settings it's all incredibly unique to each specific one but yeah it's not jarring it's not like it's not like oh one specific color palette like you're getting splashes of everything and i think that fits so well in how it's being shot because you have yeah different facets of the character well it so far it all matches everything it's showing and i think do you that's, think that you i mean the the blessing of the mcu is, is you can sit in europe and I mean, yes, there's some heroes that we know from the comics in Europe, but really in the MCU, that's not really panned out yet. That that just hasn't really been explored outside of Eternals. Do you think that we are going to get some MCU connections? Do you think like this news that came out in t- the today we recorded that news came out that Oscar Isaac has not signed on? 
past six episodes. Do you think this is just complete BS from him to try to kind of throw people off from episode one? And at the end of this, you're going to see something from like Blade, maybe, you know, Dark Knight or Black Knight, excuse me, or like, you know, Midnight Suns. I mean, you've been kind of a big proponent, I know, of the Midnight Suns arc. Do you think we're heading that direction even just through one episode? I mean, it's really tough to say off of one episode because especially with this episode, you're doing so I mean, much. Is to it introduce- though with werewolves? Is it though with werewolves? That's my only like pushback. Werewolves could be a stretch. I think those are more jackals of Anubis, but like love that. They're I Never guess change. I I guess you could technically say it's a werewolf, but it's it's a whole different mythos. Well, it's like werewolves aren't Egyptian, man. I mean, come on. His first battle was the werewolf by night. That's his first appearance. I, I know, I get that. In the comics, but like that doesn't necessarily mean that's how it's gonna follow. But if they <laughs> if they continue with that, yes, if you go werewolf by night, where that's very Eastern European. You get werewolf by night, you get Dracula. You that comes in from Blade. Yes, we'll get that appearance more in what you have of European history you even go with moon Knight, and when he goes and invades uh laveria and just goes to fight dr doom you're like dude what are you doing and even the avengers are just like <laughs> yeah. bro what are you doing like i think it's kind of unlocks a whole section of that yeah can i just as an aside because i wanted to add this i saw it today and i was trying to find a source if i could find a source i'll put it in the link but there was a rumor that the showrunners were trying so hard to like get all of these Moon Knight memes into the show, uh, like the random BS go that we always see. You know what I mean? And the other one is uh, where he goes up to Dracula and he's like, this is not a real comic. None of these are real panels. They're all right, Photoshop. Right, right, right. But there's the Photoshop like meme one where it's like, all right, Dracula, where's my, give me my money, you bitch. Where's my, or whatever where's my money? <laughs> you, you effing loser. Yeah, they tried to get that in the show. <laughs> Apparently, this is the rumor. Uh, but Disney kept like sl- slamming the door on that and saying, absolutely not. We will not let you do this. If we get that link, Jared, shoot it to me. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, so I'll find it. Down, if, if it's in the show notes, otherwise, you know, Jared's full of crap. I saw that meme too of, uh, it must have been earlier today, the one of not only just the Dracula one, but he calls the Avengers Tower. And the, the, the Avengers are like, Dracula's not an Avenger. That lying F. <laughs> <laughs> he And the, people don't realize, Moon Knight is also a little quippy too. And one of my favorite ones is... Oh my gosh. I I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. In one of the runs, Moon Knight dresses up instead of the three different versions of himself. He dresses up as uh, Wolverine, Captain America, and Spider-Man. And he goes to like do this drug bust and he ends up beating up like a strip joint. And him and Spider-Man, go look up this comic. It's fantastic. Um, him and Spider-Man have this back and forth where he's like, hey man, uh, everybody's asking me if I went to the strip joint and like beat everybody up. And he's like, oh yeah, I did that a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> and it's, they're so funny. Anytime you put those two together, it's great. Yeah. That, that's definitely gotta be a pairing if they can land, assuming they land Oscar Isaac long-term. All right. Let's talk about some, uh, Easter eggs that I found that are, or Jared, I want to hear your comments. Cause again, I know very little about this character. So this is why I want to hear from you. So you think that Layla, just for confirmation, you think that Layla is going to be Amit? Either she is genuinely the love interest or she's Dr. Emmett. Um, and I think it's more interesting that she's Dr. Emmett. Yes, that would be crazy to make her Amit. Like like episode five, she turns and, and Ethan Hawke is like, oh, hey, what's up? Surprise. <laughs> you know, and, surprise. And they've, I don't know if you, you're getting to this down the line, but they've introduced a number of his cast members in the background, right? Like he has his sort of support team. And we've seen one of them in the flesh, 
One of them he gets a phone call from that he misses, and we have yet to see the third one. So the first one is Crawley. I am getting to them. Well, let's talk about the let's talk about the one he gets to in the flesh. So let's talk about Crawley. Tell our audience who that character is and what his background is. So Crawley is sort of a down on his luck. Uh, homeless, I feel like is not PC anymore, but a, a person experiencing homelessness. Um, he made some mistakes early on in his life, suffered from drug abuse and alcohol abuse, and is befriended Jake Lockley, who is one of the alternate personalities of Mark Spector, and sort of is his eyes and ears on the street, right? He's like, hey, um, you took care of me when no one else did. We're pals. And so he has connections that Stephen Grant can't make that Jake Lockley can't make and that Mark Spector can't make. And he's always interesting because he's the only one who kind of believes Moon Knight's mania as something that's real. He he talks about how like, you know, I've been through so much in my life that like I believe this. And in fact, when they're all in an infirmary together, Crawley's the only one who believes him when he's like, yeah, all these people are Egyptian gods. Crawley's like, Heck yeah, dude, I'm with you. Of course, they're all just nuts. Well, like, do you think Jared, let, let's pause on that. And, and that, that's a good synopsis of Crawley. I think we're good there. And through this episode, that's about all we need. Do you think they're going to play that up more? Because the way that I interpreted episode one is, is they're like, no, no, the Egyptian gods are real. We're moving on. Yes. How much of this episode is real? How much did we watch that's just sitting in his brain? And we're going to find out in episode three, half of it was garbage, hot garbage. Yeah, and, and I hope they do that. I hope to some degree... Some of it's real and some of it's not. And you have to try to pick up the pieces. If you, if this is one of those series where you have to watch it three or four times to try to figure out what's dissociative and what's actually happening in the real world, I hope they do that. Now, will I think they do that? Absolutely not. I think they want to really? say all of this is real. Oh, man. But I guess it's just, I mean, we had this very high expectation. You you gave me this expectation, by the way, Jared. Yeah. In Hawkeye of that, when that they were going to have the, the death arc. We thought for sure there would be a full episode of it. And it was just kind of like one quarter of a scene even. It wasn't even that much. That's why I'm saying this. And like we built up so much with WandaVision, right? And like WandaVision gave us a fraction of what it teased, right? They even said like, yeah, we, we didn't know anything about this. The commercials weren't nothing. Look the other way. But they knew what they were doing, right? And so the fact that we've been burnt on WandaVision, we were burnt on Hawkeye. Well, I think we were I, – I would also say we were burnt on Captain America and the Winter Soldier because of the power broker. I think yes. the power broker was built up to be this completely different person with Sharon Carter speaking about that character. And then I found out it was her. I was like, oh, OK. Like it, it, yeah. it just opens itself up to these massive theories and just don't introduce the concept then or – and maybe this is what Moon Knight's trying to do. Stay away from other things and be your own universe. So that way you're only theorizing about things from that specific yes. source material, right? I think that's kind of where this show is. is that's what I'm refreshed by, Jared. You're, you're nailing my tension here. Right? It's just like if you've listened to our podcast before, I hate one. Wanda- <clears throat> if you've listened to our podcast before, I hate WandaVision. Don't yeah. click that, Isaac. Keep that in there because that's how upset I am. I'm doing it again. So – I'm thankful to see these these writers and these directors take these steps to say no 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 we're going to we're going to Heisman for now the MCU I would assume on the back end there'll be some connection to something I would assume on episode 6 we're going to get connected to something and I think that's okay and if not that's okay too if if they're really worried that Oscar Isaac doesn't want to come back I'm okay with that too but I really, really think it's working in its favor here. So here's some things that I'll talk about my theories and then we'll keep going down my list here. 
Zane, I'd love to hear from you because I know you probably got some great stuff here. I definitely don't think Donna's real. I think Donna is completely made up in his head. I think she is the verbal articulation of Stevie's anxiety. I think she has no indication of talking with anybody throughout this show. She's only mocking him the whole time. Every time she talks to him, it's a negative connotation. And she's informing him of something that he already knows. Hey, you got to sell this stuff. Hey, you're working inventory tonight. She has no engagement with the security guard, the little girl, the gal that comes and tries to talk to him about the date that he's going to have. I think Donna is fake. Um, I think we might even find out that Donna could be one of these these um, people as well, Jared. I think that's a, that's a possibility that she could be Amit potentially. And she's kind of keeping tabs on him in this Stevie form because she knows what's kind of going on behind the scenes. I think Donna has a big role to play either in the context of she will reveal a lot of indiscretions or incongruencies in his storyline, or she will be a spy slash God that has been there the whole time and has befriended this personality, or I guess not prevented, but been an antagonist to this personality and tried to get Mark Spector off of his given path. That's for sure. Like I'm, pretty much hanging my hat on I that love right that. now. I love that theory. That's fine. I think she's awful. I think, and I haven't heard that yet. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully that pans out so we can clip this down the line. Zane, what are you seeing right now in this show that like, you're like, there's no way that's real. The, the only thing that I've seen somehow like stuff. Cause it's like, I don't want to put all the eggs on one basket of like, this is real. This isn't because like they could do anything at all. Um, the only thing I saw that has potential of, um, like, oh, that could be interesting is with the jackal that attacked him in the museum. I wonder if his perception is like, that is also the Arthur character. Like, mm. what if he's perceived, like, what if Stevie sees it as the person, but then like that, I don't know how to explain this. Like, what if Do that- you think the jackal is Arthur? Like he has, because the jackal has long, the, the hair. Because if you watch that in, in you get brief shots where it comes to light, that jackal has the same hair, the, the long hair. And I was like, like, what if that's kind of that perception? Because he Arthur says that he's the avatar. So yeah. what if because of the avatar, like maybe not necessarily it can actually, you know, transform to something. But what if he can make Mart or Stevie think that's what's happening? But I, I think that kind of ties more into, I think Arthur's the avatar. He's definitely working for someone. I think kind of going yes, back, like the big bad, he's not the big bad. He's working, for, whether it's Amit, Dr. Amit, however you want to go in there. Cause that was, I think that's kind of the parallel they're driving that Arthur's the avatar of whatever the other God is. And then Mark Spector is the avatar of Khonshu. And I think the tie you're going to get is there's a rivalry then between Khonshu and whatever this other God is. Because even what Arthur kind of said earlier, how he's saying how Amit had the, you know this one vision, but none of the other gods supported it, and then a god betrayed her. So I think Kanchu was the god betrayer, or that, um, and so yeah, I think that's there's it's going to be that rivalry between Kanchu and Amit, and I think that gets reflected between the avatars as well. Do you think by the end of this, Jarrett, that Kanchu is going to betray at least in this season? That Conchu is going to betray betray Mark Spector and the concept that he's going to be like, yeah, I really just want your body full time. I want to get rid of the rest of these personalities. I just want your body full time. I know that's an arc in some comics. Do you think that's something they could go with or do you think that's kind of a future storyline? That might be a future storyline. And I think there's a lot they can do with that. I think 
before we see anything of that, we're going to see sort of this like transition that he has to make between who's driving the stick at any given time and coming to that realization of it and Kanchu like not wanting any part of that because he doesn't want to give Steve power. He wants Mark or whoever the Moon Knight controller is. Usually it's Jake or Mark. Um, Steve is usually just there to fund things, uh, and that's about it. And so I think that power struggle is good. You're t- so we've referenced a couple different characters from this arc. So what I want to do for our audience is here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask Jared to talk about these different people. And if, if this is like too much for you in like these future episodes, you kind of want to stay in the dark on this. Fast forward a couple minutes. And just avoid this conversation with Jared. For our audience that does care about the comic lore, can you give us a breakdown briefly? You talked a little bit about Stevie's personality in the comics, how he's more of a playboy, rich, Bruce Wayne type of type of guy. Tell us who these different characters are. Describe them maybe with a couple words. Yeah. And who possesses what? Like, who's Mr. Knight? Who's Moon Knight? Who's, who's just the lowly guy? Like, t- talk about these guys. So there's the different versions of... There's three facets of him as like his civilian form. And then there's three facets of him as Moon Knight, right? So the three facets in his civilian form is Mark Spector, who is the original person. He is the little boy who grew up. Um, And I'm not going to spoil too much, but he had a traumatic event that split his personality in two. And the second version of himself was just a defense mechanism to protect himself from abuse and trauma and all this other stuff. That second version was Jake Lockley. Jake grew up to be a cab driver. He's this like, he's willing to do even more than what Mark is willing to do. Mark is a killer. Jake will kill and then some, right? So he's the one who will defend everybody. Then you have Steven. Steven was the last to come into the picture and he's just connections and money. Really, that's it. Um, And then on the Moon Knight side of it, you have Moon Knight, the original Moon Knight, which was Mark Spector after he woke up from the dead. Then you have Mr. Knight, which is Jake Lockley when he sort of was in trouble with the Avengers and he needed another identity to work with the cops. Uh, So Jake, more than anything, kind of controls Mr. Knight. He's more like analytical, like the detective side of Batman instead of the like just punch everything to death. Is this where these connections between Batman and Moon Knight come in, Jared? I think a little bit. They're wildly different if you get to know either of the characters. But yeah, palms palms to the sky. I don't get the bit. I've never got the bit. I think it's the fact that like uh, he's rich and also puts on a suit and fights crime. But like, right. And and then there was the the just to touch on this real quick. There was the bit, and comics do this all the time. So I'm not pointing fingers. There was a huge thing where DC took a story arc that happened in Moon Knight and made it one of the most famous Batman story arcs of all time. Which is Joker gets his face cut off. Right. And then eventually puts it back on. That happened in Moon Knight first. And I think ever since then, people have been comparing the two. And there is a third Moon Knight that you see like once or twice. And he's the watcher who he's the watcher of Travelers of the Night. And it's literally just Moon Knight in like bone armor. And he looks like Khonshu. Which that's what some people think this Khonshu is going to be. They think this Khonshu will be a watcher of the night, which is technically what Khonshu is in the Egyptian. Yeah. Lore. He's the, he's the God of the night time traveler. Night traveler. Yeah. Night yeah. traveler. Thank you. That's the phrase I was looking for. Thank you so much. Uh, Zane, let's talk, Zane and Jared, talk about, is it Ducamp or Duchamp? Duchamp. Jean Paul. Frenchie. Frenchie. Yeah. Jean Paul Duchamp uh, is Mark Spector's. Well, everything according to what yes. I've research tell me more about what that means because i've read several articles and different like musings about this and i'm like i don't know what this character is tell me more about this 
So he is essentially the man behind Moon Knight in almost every sense of the word. So he originally started out as like just his pilot. He had the moon copter. Yes, he had a copter that was shaped like a moon. <laughs> Thanos had a helicopter. Let's not yeah, Thanos like, also had a, a weirdo. Um, okay. And then he sort of evolved into like almost like an Alfred character, right? Like anything Moon Knight needed, uh, he would find a way to get it, get it to him. He would like be the one that patched him up, all this other stuff. It's, it's almost like to go with the, the Batman analogy, Frenchie is almost like if you combined Alfred with Lucius Fox and commissioner Gordon to go up, to go off the facets again, that's Fred Frenchie is all that for Moon Knight. Nailed it. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So we see a little cameo of this when he's checking the flip phone, the burner phone or whatever. There's a couple missed calls from Duchamp. Mm-hmm. Has this person been cast? N- not that we know of, right? I, I don't remember hearing anything about it. Unless it was just kept secret. But We talked about this before. I think it was when they first announced they were doing a Moon Knight series. We did a fan casting and I can't remember who I picked. Oh, you know what? No. It was the guy from uh, The Boys. The Frenchie actor from The Boys. Should play him, yeah. He's perfect. Like, literally perfect. I don't know. I don't think we'll get him. because And his name's already Frenchie. <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. Uh, Tomer Capone. Yes, Tomer Capone. Um, yep, fantastic actor, by the way. He is a great actor. By the way, The Boys season three looks wild. Looks Buck wild. wild. <laughs> <laughs> the one piece we're missing, just to, for anyone who's curious, the one piece we're missing is Gina. Gina is um, a single mother who runs a uh, diner in New York. Obviously, a lot of these characters live in New York. They all have their different corners, and you see like crossovers between him and Daredevil, uh, him and Luke Cage, and all these other street-level heroes. That's why he bumps into Spider-Man all the time. Um, and she is just a single black mother raising two boys and trying to take care of her family, and she has a lot of connections to Moon Knight that way. Um, if they don't introduce her in this series that would really, really get under my skin. I think do she's you a think, very though, I, I, I think they're trying to stay away from New York, Jared. So if they're going to do this, they've gonna, they're going to have to keep her in, in, in Europe. Give her, give her some, like, just a nod to the character of anything. Like a phone call that says, hey, man, are you okay? Me and the boys have been worried about you. Anything, because she is such a phenomenal character. Well, even still, you know it's coming back because of the phone call with Layla. And I would... Was it Layla? Yeah, because she even is calling him out like, why are you talking in this weird accent? Yeah. So you, you, you're hypothetically saying, okay, so he has, you know, and with Mark, so there has to be some tie there of, is it that's back in America that that call is coming from? Because like she questions the accent, but yet clearly Stevie's living in London, working at a museum. Like, I, I don't know how that's going to get explained, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be that America tie to it, but like, it very easily could be. Yeah, that'll be fascinating if they go back to, to New York. Like, it would be crazy to see New York right now. Because that's the other part. It, and these are these are the questions I ask. Like, what year is this in? Mm-hmm. Like, there's an argument to be made. This could have happened, like, a long time ago. We, we might yeah. find out at the end of this, this happened before Iron Man. Pre-snap, pre-everything, yeah. You know, like, like before Iron Man even. Like, I, I think there's no indication of the date in this at all. That fascinates me. I think that's going to be a piece of this puzzle. I think we're going to find out. I think that's why we're that's why we're going to find out that that he didn't reference Thanos. That's what I'm saying. 
you look at it contextually, like you have some evidence of the date because when he goes into his apartment and looks through the phone, Mark Spector's phone is a razor flip phone. It's a great point. Or like, look, just look at the phones even like no one has. Did we see a major, a, a major iPhone or anything like that? We saw the dude was looking at the otters on his thing, but I don't know. That I didn't was get a, a, that was a smartphone. That was yeah. a smartphone, Jarrett. You're right. That is true. But still, smartphones would have been around as early as the mid to 2010s, like 2013, right. 14. I think it's yeah. feasible to think that this is in the past for sure. So it's, it's it's not it's not pre Iron Man. It would definitely be after Iron Man. But there's a chance this could be pre snap. I'll go as far as to say I bet the end of this we we see him get snapped. Oh gosh, I would love that. <laughs> maybe maybe they win maybe they win the day and then the end of the se- season is he gets snapped and that's it. And that just leaves it open ended. What does a man that unstable do when he comes back after five years gone? Like, oh gosh. I well, yeah. That. Not only that, but like give him an arc where he builds towards something like let him go back to this family you're speaking of. Right. Let him like kind of put some pieces together, work through some of the traumas. Um, if you look through the moon Knight cast on IMDb too, I'm not going to say names and actors, but there are specific act, nothing in regards to the MCU, but there are actors in regards to people we're talking about here. Um, Jared. So they do have Crawley. I know for sure. So just it's interesting. It's it's it lends itself to believe as I'm looking at this that we're going to find out about the traumas of Mark Spector. Yeah, and so I, I think that I think there's a very real chance. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and put this out there as well as a theory. I think this is before the snap, and I think that's why it hasn't been referenced yet. It could even be as early as before the Avengers defeated um, the Chichar- uh, Was it Chitari? Chitari. Who are they? Was it the Chitari? Chitari. Chitari. Yeah, the Chitari. Yeah. I forget. See, I can't even oh pronounce it. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Don't guys, don't look at IMDb. There's so many spoilers. There are? Okay, Jared, good, what are good, you good. doing? Jared, stop. Jared, don't look. Yeah, exactly. Too late. So I yep, yeah, it's too late. So I think Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Max, why did you do this to me? I know. I just I tried to tell you. I tried to give you a heads up. I tried to give you a heads up. So um I, I think I'm gonna land on that. My two major theories going into this for after this first episode are that Donna is a major, major antagonist, or she is just in his head and is just the personification of all the negative he feels about himself. Maybe she is a representation of this trauma that you're speaking of Jared. Yeah. Also, I'm going to go on the record of saying, I think this is like 2014. I think this is going to be well before the snap. And I like that. Or, or during the snap, even like the year of infinity war at the end, he gets snapped. And I think that's how they're going to resolve this whole issue with Oscar Isaac coming back is, Okay, if they get another actor, they could do that post snap or something like that too, or they could just say he's gone, and when he came back, he's doing his own thing, and now we get to find out. We don't have to; they don't have to fill in the gaps of that five year absence while he's gone. So uh, that'll be really interesting to see if that comes up. So, what about a character we haven't talked about yet that this just popped into my head, like how he keeps calling his mom and leaving messages? Are we? Is it actually going to be his mom, or is that going to be some other plot line? There's no way she's there. I think this is one of the first TikToks I made about Moon Knight. The phone, when he flips the phone open, this is the flip phone. The screensaver was a crocodile. Crocodile is Amut's symbol. Yep. I think the mom he keeps calling is the therapist who is possibly Doctor Emmett. Yeah, yes. that would make sense. Well, that and then that would make sense how they keep tabs on him because he keeps leaving all the messages. And he always says, if you notice, every time he hangs up with his mom, he always says, "See, ladies, yeah. gators." Yeah, <laughs> gators is Amit's whole thing. His mom is also canonically not in the picture. There, there it is. 
There's a lot of cool threads in this. This is such a great show. Brilliant concept in, in, in the idea of picking this one because it's so unknown. And I, I, I respect it, Jared, to go different directions. I think it's good to go different directions as long as you have a feasible plan. I do wonder if Oscar Isaac's contract will play a piece in this. And maybe as we get down the line. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. I think he will come back. I don't either. But also, I wonder if it's a ploy. It's it's I don't know. I'm having a hard time believing it. I'm having a really hard time believing it. So you can check out this out right now on Disney Plus. You can also follow, also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch to keep the conversation going. If you're still here listening to us, I'd love it if you'd do me a favor. Would you pause and leave us an iTunes review? We'd love to read it on the next show. And I'd love to just celebrate you by telling you that your review is either really good or really bad. More than likely, I'll tell you it's really bad because I always review the reviews. <clears throat> um, Jared, why don't you give the people what you're doing? What are you up to next week on Twitch? Um, I will be playing Elden Ring if everything gets together. And likely, I'll be talking about Moon Knight quite a bit. I think the door has been cracked open. People are interested. I've had probably like six or seven people message me this week and be like, okay, you've been talking about this guy for years. What the heck is up with this Moon Knight character? Um, so I'll be giving you guys some recommendations on stream, talking about the character and stuff you should be reading right now. Yeah, so if you want to keep the conversation going with Jarrett, make sure you check him out on there. You can also check out Zane on Twitter as well. Is it like Super Saiyan? I think it's just Saiyan 1X. Saiyan 1X? I, I wouldn't recommend checking me out on Twitter. I don't do I wouldn't recommend checking out Zane. <laughs> Good point, Zane. Good point. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hop on Discord. Zane's active. Yeah, on or occasionally I'll be on a stream somewhere. I can't believe that. I can't believe Jared had the gall on the front end of the show to go. I think both Chris Rocky and Will Smith are wrong. Yeah, they are. They're both wrong. Um, <laughs> Team Rock. Not the not not the Rock. Chris Rock. I, no, I'm Team The Rock. <laughs> like, actually, not. I think all three of us are Team The Rock. Yeah, that, that's fair. <laughs> it's about drive it is about power dude that that slap was buck wild absolutely buck wild connected to moon knight and also talking about this before we hang our hats uh mental health is not a joke they talk about it in the show there is a there is a whole disclaimer at the end of that which i love um i will say I think Will Smith and and Jada Smith need to go seek professional counsel. A hundred percent. And I think the Oscars dropped the ball significantly, Jarrett, in the context of he had zero business being there the rest of the night. Oh, yeah. They should have done something to remove him from the premises. I cannot believe that they all allowed it. it. It's one of these kind of interesting conversations where it's like, I think we go quickly to judge the elites and the act- actors here. I think if you did this in a room full of normal people, the same thing would have happened. I think this sure. is just kind of mass thinking and not people were too scared to it. It's shock. Yeah. What do you do? And it's an aggressor. Somebody was being aggressive. And so you're like, how do I confront that person? He was aggressive already. Will he be aggressive to me? Uh, it was a really tough situation. I completely agree. Will Smith and Jada probably need help. But I also, I, I, I really commend Chris Rock for how he handled it on the follow-up. His composure, everything post the slap, dude was a rock. He was solid, yeah. Tremendous. I mean, he really, really handled the integrity. I mean, for the Oscars being this kind of hoity-toity thing, he really handled the integrity of that show very well and really personified, I think, what the Academy would like that to look like. So um, even though Will Smith was a total clown that day, in my opinion, 
I do think he was worthy of the the best o- Oscar for that. I, I also think I would have liked to see Andrew Garfield win it if he would not have won it. I I know in Tick Tick Boom, he does a tremendous job in that film as well. Um, before we go, real quick, one more thing about the Oscars. Did we? How upset are we that the Flash beat out Spider Man and Army of the Dead beat out Spider Man? So so dumb, so dumb. We are six guys who love this whole genre. We love pop culture. We're all fans of zombies. We're all fans of Zack Snyder's, right? Which one of us had this over Spider Man? Because it wasn't anybody I've talked to. So here's what I'll say. I think that the Flash's scene is. I think it's a better scene than anything that I saw in the context of Spider-Man. The Spider-Man movie is so much better than both of those movies. There's no question there. I personally think that flash scene is the best DC scene of all time. Personally. I know Mark and Robert who are also on our podcast would probably grimace if I said that out loud around them compared to some dark night scenes. I really like the scene. So I can justify personally that scene winning that award in the context of Army of the Dead, the the, the Academy's got a problem they've got to fix. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 award was made for Spider-Man to win it. That was the whole reason they put that award out there. Absolutely. And and for Marvel to not walk away with that award and Sony, Sony and Marvel, they deserved an Academy Award for that. That award saved the box office. We all went to the theater, right? Like Multiple every times. single person. Yeah. My family, my wife went separately from me to go watch Spider-Man. The four major events of the Marvel Universe so far have been the Avengers, Infinity War, Endgame, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Those have been the four events of, they're not movies, they're events. People were seeing this without having any context from the previous movies. Because they knew Tobey Maguire was going to be it. They knew Andrew Garfield was going to be in it. And for that movie to not be celebrated, that's egregious. The Academy should be ashamed of itself, not only for the slap, but for that. They should be ashamed of themselves. Another bad showing from the Academy. They'll eat it up, though. Oscars, because everybody's talking about the Oscars right now, they do not care. Big W for the Oscars this year. Big W for them. Zane, uh, over under three minutes of the Oscars you watch next year. (laughs) Way under. Yeah, I'm taking the under there as well for you. Way under. I'll watch it because I'm the clown that every year I'm like, oh, I'm not doing anything on Sunday, and I watch the whole Oscar. Nice. That's what I do. I'm that guy. Don't know why I watch it, but I do. Why do you do that to yourself? The ju- I'm a glutton for punishment, Zane. So we got to wrap this bad boy up. So thank you so much again for listening, Zane. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Jarrett, thank you so much for sharing your Moon Knight intel. I'm excited to review this next week with you guys and uh, keep the conversation going with you. I hope we can get Infinity Bro Mark on here too. He's he's kind of a big theory guy. It's going to be really cool to see what he thinks. Oh, he's going to eat this up. Yeah, he'll definitely have some some fantastic theories. We will get him on as well. Thank you, Infinity Bros Universe, wherever you listened, however you listen. Thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. As I said, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. As always, we love you guys 3000. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.